man, all right, we recording? Yeah, man. All right, episode 29, we here. Um, I want to thank y'all for listening, of course, you know, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. Not going to lie to y'all, man, been recovering from a slight fever. God has not gave me COVID, so I'm thankful to the big homie, you know what I'm saying? But the fever did approach the God. And I'm currently recovering. We here though. So I appreciate y'all for y'all patience. And, you know, of course, and of course, the talk of the town, the talk of the town is in regards to Mr. Morale and the big steppers. You get what I'm saying? That's AKA OK Llama, AKA Kendrick Lamar, AKA Four Letters. You get what I'm saying? This is the GOAT. This is the GOAT. You know, we're going we're gonna to do a breakdown on this one, man, because like with, di- with this particular album, it's, it's incredible to be able to sit and actually take your time with this type of body of work. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those pieces where you cannot come to a conclusion in f- 24 to 72 hours. This shit needs to marinate, literally. Like, you need to watch the the motherfucker boil and like this like deceit in the greatness and what it is it's too many cadences it's too many flows it's too many tone changes it's too many subject matters you know what i'm saying like the man tackled transphobia the man tra- tackled homophobia he he tackled toxic relationships he went through daddy issues he went through self um self-evaluation as far as like looking at himself and understanding who he is and accountability you know what i'm saying things that i call life you know what i'm saying as you get older and you want to grow you so all that being said it's not even about the beats the the rap bars the you know what i'm saying it's it's deeper than that it's like really some great ass shit now with that is damn near like album of the year in that sense like when you think about it but i i want to allow people to give it time to come to a fair you know thought of it you know what i'm saying because first listen i'm gonna start off with the first listen so for the people that don't know of course kendrick lamar dropped his last album last tde album excuse me which is called mr morale and the big steppers now, being that it's his last TDE album, that concludes his whole TDE success, and he's continuing on with his new venture. Now, that's no not to TDE, it's just at a time, you have to leave the nest and make your own, you get what I'm saying? So, first listen, it came out, the album came out midnight on Friday, so a lot of people uh stood up and waited for the album to drop on all dsps to listen to it i actually went to sleep prior to midnight so not gonna lie i would have been one of the ones that would have listened to it on midnight but woke up in the morning and put the album on you know what i'm saying ran it through because when i listen to albums for the first time i like to hear it from the actual top to very bottom to get the complete album listen especially from a certain body of work like kendrick when i know he drops an album i'm definitely going to listen to it from top down so what we're going to do at for the love on this episode is i'm actually going to do a recap of the album you know what i'm saying actually go from top down 
as far as the thoughts on each track. So starting with track number one, because now before I start, it was two sides of the album. It was one side, which was Mr. Morale, and the second side was the Big Steppers. So track one, which is called Untied in Grief. Now that record is simply from and again this is from what i heard of it so don't take this as me being this is not genius shout to genius this ain't none of that shit but when i heard it this was simply kendrick opening the album telling people this is how he grieves you know what i'm saying hence on the record he says i grieve different you feel me so that's just the best summary you know um he's just going down the lines as far as how he grieves he's bringing up moments like it was a part of the song where he says um the hood is now putting snitches on a pedestal i'ma let you figure out who the fuck he was referencing in that regard but track one was how he grieves leading on to track two which is in 95 now that record to me from what what i heard was him decoding the current culture or the current state of the culture if you notice how he starts the record he starts off by saying hello new world so it's like he's acknowledging the current world that we're in and he continues by saying take off take off you know so it's like a a a sign of like take off all this shit pretty much and just get rid of that shit leading on to track three which is worldwide steppers now to me the worldwide steppers is just a play on to the big steppers which is the part of the album title so that kind of gives you the understanding of the side of the album that you're listening to so the world st- worldwide step excuse me is the big steppers portion of the album and he proceeds to just step on the fucking track <laughs> to keep it a buck you know what i'm saying and shout to yak aka kodak black because his part of that record was kind of like introducing the record in itself but it sounded way militant as far as like he's introducing the smoke which is kendrick you know what i'm saying so worldwide steppers now track four is die hard now of course to keep it a buck and to keep it short die hard is the radio single record that's the record from the album that you would listen to on the radio just like when kendrick dropped his last album which was damn loyalty uh with him and rihanna that was his radio uh single on that album this is just that on this album so it's a dope record shout to blast blast is a uh, like he's fire and blast if you don't remember him he was recently on Nas's album and the no church on sundays if you listen to that record and listen to die hard they kind of have a similar vibe and you get what i'm going at with that so both are dope records die hard is fire and blast is dope and also shout out to amanda revere if i'm saying her name right because she was on that record too now continuing father time which is track number five father time is literally him speaking on daddy issues as far as how that impacts the way he lives being that he knows he has daddy issues you know what i'm saying because pretty much this whole album was like a self-reflection as far as like he's telling the audience everything that he's been experiencing and learning and things of that nature so with father time he's just going through the daddy issues that he acknowledges and how he wants to grow from that you know what i'm saying and shout out to sample because he's just a legend in that regard now from that point you have the 
Rich Interlude, which leads to the Rich Spirit record, which is track seven. Rich Spirit was pretty much him, from what I took it, was him saying how this is his current state of his, like his spirit is too rich, no pun, like all pun intended, to where he's not going to allow his spirit to be compromised by anybody because he's at this point in his mental, you know what I'm saying? So it's like he's not going to allow nobody to fuck that up, you know what I'm saying? So all all these singles are fire and that was track seven now we get to track eight and this is where for me i had to pause the album because like i said earlier when i listen to certain albums if not all i like to listen to it from top down literally from the very start to the finish so i can get the complete experience of how they put the album together for my ears so when it got to track eight which is we cry together and shout out to Teller Page, that had me stop the album. I had to play it back because that, to me, is the song of the album. That's the best record of the album. It's the most It's the most accurate piece of form of music that I ever heard ever because it's like it's very telling, it's very triggering in any sense that you want to use. If you is very relatable and more so for the subject of what the song is it speaks on toxic relationships so the purpose of the song was him and taylor page arguing back and forth having a dialogue between boyfriend and girlfriend and at the end they end up having makeup sets pretty much after a big argument but it's just the most dopest form of art i've ever seen now as far as innovation like he I'm not saying he's the first because he you know what I'm saying we don't know but the fact that how it came out is what's more important you know what I'm saying so again that's track number eight shout out to Taylor Page and Taylor Page definitely won that 2-1 Kendrick you my nigga but I think this is the first time on record that you got body like that much <laughs> you know what I'm saying Taylor Page if this was a uh, smack URL event Taylor Page would have got the 2-1 uh debatable <laughs> over Kendrick you know what I'm saying so but the last track on the first half of the album is Purple Hearts. And man, this this is this more so speaks to track listening. Like it that's a lost art right there. Like putting the order of the album together. Like the track listening to me is like a very underrated thing of the whole process of putting the album. Because of course you gotta make the music and all of that shit, but how you put the songs together is very important. So to have we cry together and then to follow that up with purple hearts is wild because purple hearts and, and shout out to summer walker and ghost ghost face killer by the way but purple hearts is a record that's more so speaking to the love of your partner and more so questioning that love as far as if you had that love then you know what i'm saying then it is what it is if you don't then is then you don't have it and that's how i took it you know what i'm saying and summer walker bodied her part and of course ghostface killed his part it was made i never thought i would have got a summer walker ghostface collab with a kendrick on it but that shit is perfect you know what i'm saying and shout out to them and that continues to the second half of it it starts off with the count me out record now with the count me out record that to me simply was just getting yourself out of a corner you know when you backed up to a corner and you can't get your way out it's finagering your way to fuck out of there and that's what count me out is so you know 
he's he's really just just telling you a lot of the shit that he went through mentally and like how he downed himself and all of that but at the end you can't count me out so that's pretty much how i took that one the next record which is um track two of the second side of it is crown and on that record it sounded like he was acknowledging his position in the food chain which is the number one spot you know what i'm saying so with that being said, him acknowledging that he's also saying wearing that crown, which is the position, is heavy on the head. You know what I'm saying? Hence, lines on that record such as you can't please everybody because it's like at the end of the day, what you do is not going to please everybody. And that's a fact. It's just not. So you might as well not think about it like that, but just understand that's the case and then know that it's a burden to this responsibility, you know? So, I mean, like, as I'm going through this motherfucking breakdown, this shit sound like classic material. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Or well, I'm just bugging. Let me know. Cause my ears is just taking it how it is. And that's not to say that's what the album is about. That's just how I'm fucking taking it. You know what I'm saying? And Kendrick, I know you probably not listening to this shit, but if you are or by chance this shit get to you, let me know, G. You know what I mean? But next record, track three, Silent Hill. Kodak Black, another one. Now, this is the record where you hear the Kodak Black verse. Now, this record, of course, is more so just saying, get the fuck off me. You know what I'm saying? Pushing these niggas like, huh. Pushing these bitches like, huh. You know what I'm saying? And first of all, shout out to Corporate. If you, you know what I'm saying? All of my Chicago niggas out there, y'all know who Corporate is. That's the first motherfucker I heard that said that, huh. So, I don't know if that means publishing or i don't know i ain't saying that kendrick stole from my mans but you know what i'm saying shout out to corporate because that's hard check out the uh the chicago videos on youtube but anyway the record is more so just saying get the fuck off me and just shut the fuck up because i need that silence and hence the title you know what i mean and kodak did his shit on that verse you know a lot of people had their feelings on yak being on the album as far as his accusations and all that and that's a whole another thing because it's just like man but he killed that verse and it's more so if you like the song or not and it was a okay record man it was a dope record so that was track motherfucking three and that leads to track four which is the second interlude for the second side of the album now the interlude is called savior and this one is by baby keen now, Baby Keem absolutely snapped on this shit. And Baby Keem is, of course, the cousin of Kendrick. So he was the obvious feature of the album. And he, again, wild on this verse. Like, he he went insane. <laughs> like, he wig. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just incredible. You feel me? So, and of course, like, the interlude being called Savior, that leads to the next track, which is Savior. And it just speaks on being the savior <laughs> it's it's like this is the most self-explanatory track of the album because it's like them speaking about their role as far as the family and it's ironic because they're a part of the same family tree so you know what i'm saying and kendrick actually speaks more about that tree later on in the album so savior though that was track five and shout to baby keem he's on that one as well and definitely leading to track six and the track six record is called auntie diaries and fire record 
first and foremost, all these records is hard and ain't no skips, but Auntie Diaries. Now, this is the record where he speaks and attacks transphobia and he speaks on his personal experiences with transgenders as far as in this song or example, his auntie transitioning to a man now and more so not just the transition, but the impact in his thoughts on how it made him feel. And to summarize that, he expressed how he didn't know the best way to say it. But at the end, he has all love for trans people. And I think that's just the most respected way to show love to that community. And if that community still sees a problem in that, then at this point, I don't know what to tell y'all motherfuckers because y'all would never be satisfied. (laughs) And I mean that respectfully. But again, that's Auntie Diaries. And the topic of that was transphobia and we need to get rid of transphobia. So, you know, and that leads to track seven, which is Mr. Morale. And that's featuring Tana Leon, which is another artist of his from PG Lane, which is his new label outside of Baby King. And Mr. Morale, they killed this record. And it's pretty much speaking of morale (laughs) and morality, you know what I'm saying? But more importantly, he's actually tackling mental health because he's questioning a lot of moments that happened in real life, like the R. Kelly situation, the Kyrie. He actually questioned Kyrie's stance after he caught COVID. A lot of people, and this is how I know people don't listen for real, not the sound, not to make me sound like I'm Mr. Hip Hop and shit like that, or I hear everything that I peep, but it's like this man simply was questioning his own thoughts, but they took that as him dissing Kyrie as far as his stance. No, the R. Kelly thing, they took that as him supporting R. Kelly, at least from what I saw from some comments that people thought that was support, but he was simply asking if r kelly didn't get attacked and how would that would have did to his approach pretty much that's not him justifying what he fucking did but to summarize it because i'm not gonna go deep dive on that shit because how you feel is how you feel he pretty much was just questioning the morality of a lot of shit hence the name mr morale you know and then that leads to track eight which is mother i sober now of course the correct pronunciation would be mother i'm sober but mother i sober is fire you know what i'm saying because it's very very ancestrous and i love it you know what i'm saying so mother i sober is more of his realistic personal diary record it's like his therapy record like i know that sounds vague or cliche because in theory you could say that with all these fucking records but this the record where he debunks and talks about his family tree and he speaks to his family and he just hopes that they are proud in regards to his cousin that he mentions which is baby king so he just breaks down the family tree and just speaks on his demons and the things that he needs to overcome as far as his personal situation you know what i'm saying and what what drove me to this song was the tone it's always the tone with kendrick that gravitates me to shit because this particular record mother asoba it sounded like he recorded it right after he woke up like even if he did that intentionally to make it sound like that which i'm pretty sure but it sounded like he literally woke up 
had that in the brain and just spit that shit out right then and then. And he said, no, nah, keep it exactly like that because it sounds very vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? Rather than he was energetic at 5 p.m. and rap that same verse, it wouldn't have hit the same. You know what I'm saying? So fire personal record. And that leads to the very last track of the album on top of the side two of the album. And that is Mirror. And Mirror is pretty much to me like the summary of all the tracks I just named pretty much because all the past 17 tracks, including the interludes that we just went through, Mirror is pretty much speaking of self-reflection, looking yourself in the mirror and understanding who you are and things that you got to change and stuff like that. So that's just my best summary because as far as anything deeper than that, listen to the fucking album, you get what I'm saying? But we at For The Love. I wanted to do that because it was very important for myself, at least, to just break that down and giving it more time. The dope part about it is it may give me a different new perspective than what I'm talking to you guys from and i could be fucking right so who knows but with that being said i just want to shout out to kendrick lamar shout out to pg lang and his team day free baby keem tana leon you know what i'm saying and shout out to the tde squad bro because tde at the end of the day y'all gave us a legend besides the parents of course but y'all gave us a legend at a teenager stage bro and to see this man grow and gave us that opportunity to see this man become the goat is nothing short but a thank you you know what i'm saying so being that this is his last tde album god damn this is a hell of a discography for tde man you know what i'm saying and definitely shout out to all the producers as well like soundwave who is a um internal person as far as tde affiliate and all that so if you use the sound wave he's on all the kendrick's pro uh, project and as far as outside producers i know like alchemist did the we cry together body that alchemist is definitely entering top five conversations because between the work he did with freddie Gibbs with alfredo bandana and motherfucking uh excuse me bandana was mad lib so i'm bugging but bandana and goddamn the Bodie James projects and other shit and then this come on man top five and then that's not even mentioning the shit that he already did in the 90s you know what I'm saying so in the early 2000s so top five conversation at least and shout out to the hometown man Pharrell man Mr. Morale that's you know Neptunes bro what you think like <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's just you, you, you know like I like if you ask me when they talk about producers as far as states and shit VA is number one man give a fuck nobody say because like when are we not on something you get what I'm saying I'm gonna let you think about that but shout out to Neptunes and shout out to Kendrick Lamar Duckworth because you are my friend four letters you feel me <laughs> word up but yeah man so that was officially the for the love album review of the kendrick lamar mr morale and the big steppers album you get what i'm saying if you haven't listened to that of course it's on all dsps check that shit out i think you will enjoy it and more importantly it's great music man it's, it's nothing better than music or art that opens your mind and makes you start thinking the shit and makes you react you know what i'm saying nothing but fire when you the goat in top one you know what i'm saying what else do you expect you feel me but we're gonna keep continuing on continuing you feel me and with that being said 
You hit with the Rico, they repo that vehicle. She was all good just a week ago. About to start snitching, ain't you? Ready to start bitching, ain't you? I forgive you. I forgive you. Hustling just ain't you. I mean, y'all heard from the God himself, man. Sir Carter from Brooklyn, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when that Rico hit, then it's time to split, you know? Or at least that's what niggas start doing. Let's hope not. But this is in reference, of course, if you're not paying attention to the YSL indictment, a.k.a. Rico. You know what I'm saying? And more importantly, it's in reference and it's in regards to Young Thug and his team, which is YSL. And of course, that's Gunna who is involved. And apparently what the reports are saying, it is a 56 count indictment for a total of 28 YSL members. And they are all involved with RICO charges. Now, for the people who do not or may not know what the RICO stands for, it is a criminal act in regards to racketeering. It stands for Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organization. So what that particularly means is that the government, a.k.a. the law or 12 or however y'all want to reference them niggas, they are indicting Young Thug and his team for alleged crime organization or organized crime excuse me you know what i'm saying so they're saying that ysl is a crime organization so whether if that's true or not that's in reference or related to if you go back to the gs9 situation where they had a rico charge and other rico charges um that applied as well from that now it's unfortunate to see these um young men go through these times at the same time we do have to call a spade a spade they have been saying things that has been alarming but it is kind of funny how only rap lyrics are the only lyrics that get judged as far as content you know what i'm saying so rather if they did it or not that's another conversation now if they end up doing it and it comes to the point and it's proven that they did it then of course you have to do the time for the crime but if they're innocent, then you need to free these motherfucking people. You know what I'm saying? And in reference and keeping it in the YSL family, I do want to send a shout out and condolences to the families and friends and folks to Lil Key. Um, He did pass away last night at the age of 24. He was a YSL member as well. He was the only or few members of that team that wasn't a part of that indictment to our knowledge at the time but it's very unfortunate that he lost his life cause of death is still unknown but just wanted to send my condolences to the family being that he's a part of that family as well and the only thing i really have to say in regards to that is just i mean i i may not agree with how rap lyrics is being judge and used in court like that but at the same time artists do have a responsibility of not self-snitching it's okay to not put the shit that you really did in real life on fucking wax you know what i'm saying it was a point of time where even if you didn't say the shit that you did it was fine you know what i'm saying because real motherfuckers know what you did you don't have to promote that or market that <laughs> you get what i'm saying 
You don't have to go on rap songs and talk about how your lawyer covered this up for killing and things like that. Because even if you did it or not, why put that energy for another motherfucker that don't fuck with the culture to even take you down? So that's the whole point of that shit. You know what I'm saying? But again, like I said, staying on positivity. This is for the love. We send roses out to Thug, Gunner, and all the rest of the members of YSL. And at the end of the day, if it does come, like I said, to where you guys did the shit, then it's still, it's not fuck y'all, but it's like, y'all gotta do the time. Y'all gotta be grown, you know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna leave it on that. And we're really gonna see what it is because it's just a wicked thing to see motherfuckers just tear black organizations down, man. And you gotta look at it like that too, because even with the media recently, I'm seeing every day, like every single day, and this is like another uh, situation but this is speaking more so of how the media treats uh certain things like the will and jada situation like ever since will did that bullshit and at the oscars and smack dude i've been seeing reports every day in reference to will and jada's marriage you know what i'm saying and rather if you agree or whatever opinions and views you have of a motherfucker it's just nasty to see reports that's trying to tear down a black family as far as like um one report was jada had to sit had to sit on set during all his kissing scenes and then it was another report about will flying to india to leave jada and it's just like these things are just articles that really say that they're done but they're breaking the family and the breaking of black family shit is whack as fuck so to all the media niggas fuck y'all you know what i mean but we moving on and what else we got? What else we got? Hold on, man. What else we got, son? You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mo motherfucking Neek is back on the screen. You feel me? And shout out to 50 for that. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Now, of course, if you haven't seen or read or listened, Monique is officially returning to the bitch screens. She will be on BMF season two and she will be playing as goldie as far as the bmf series and the story if you don't know who that character is as far as real life definitely do your searches because i'm gonna just allow you to educate yourself on that you know what i'm saying but shout out to goldie and shout out to monique and 50 because as far as monique goes we all know she was blackballed for a good amount of time and it's bullshit to see talent more so especially when it's black women being thrown under the rug when they're just incredible you know what i'm saying and when she stated all of this shit years ago motherfuckers laughed at her and when she had the argument with the pay equal being to the men niggas laughed at that saying that she wasn't in the same tier as motherfuckers and now look at motherfuckers having the same argument that she proposed so i say all of that to say shout to monique for standing her ground and getting exactly what she deserves more importantly and the way she wanted it to be you know what i'm saying as long as it's the right way i'm with it and of course shout out to 50 because regardless of how niggas feel and think about 50 he was the one that ultimately put her back on that screen and as far as i'm concerned 50 does nothing wrong in my eyes you know what i'm saying of course if y'all know me y'all know that statement isn't a surprise statement you know and he's top five you feel me so definitely shout out to them too and i'm already looking forward to bmf so now i'm definitely hyped to see season two of bmf knowing her contributions is gonna be on that shit you know what i'm saying but our uh you know you know um 
So I'm at the crib, you know what I'm saying? And of course, y'all know NBA playoffs is going on for all my sports people out there. And I'm watching the Miami Heat and Philly series, and it was game six. And of course, Miami ended up winning the series and they advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals. So they beat Philly. Um, Joel and B.E. balls out. He did what he can only do. Granny, he has a broken face and a torn ligament or like tore bone and something. Like he's probably like 60% and he's on that fucking court balling. Harden, I don't know what's going on with Harden. I, I, I remember watching first tape after the game and Stephen A said <laughs> there needs to be an FBI investigation on his performance. <laughs> and that shit had me crying because I was waiting to see Stephen A's uh, perspective on that. But Harden's performance was terrible. He ain't attempted a shot in the second half only i think he only attempted like two shot attempts and didn't score no points in the last two fourth quarters of the series you know what i'm saying and that was game five and game six but anyway philly end up losing they get eliminated miami advances and i'm saying all of this to bring up to the later point because i'm on twitter because you know we always check our socials and i'm on twitter and I just so happen to see as I'm scrolling a picture of Ben Simmons taking a selfie in front of his television that just so happens to have the final score of the Miami Philly game on game six. Now, the whole point of that picture is, of course, he's obviously sending a joke or sub- it ain't a subliminal because it's mad direct, but he's obviously joking at his former team. And if you don't know the Ben Simmons situation, of course, he used to he got drafted by Philly, number one pick, and he eventually got traded to Brooklyn after the whole situation with the whole performance from last year, blah, blah, blah. So he's in Brooklyn now. So the whole point of me saying that again is to say how he's joking his former team. Now, the problem I've had with that is you a bitch ass nigga, Ben Simmons. And this is coming from myself. You know what I'm saying? Because you just a bitch ass nigga. I want to respect people and their mental health and all they path and their progresses and shit. But what I can't respect is how you not step one minute on that floor for your new squad and on top of that you watch your new team get swept in the first round of the playoffs which is the Brooklyn Nets getting swept you know what I'm saying by the Boston Celtics you watch your team get swept after you gave the expectations to not your team but the world that you was going to play in game four and you didn't play because at that point it just so happened that you had back problems now And then when y'all season was over, you got back surgery and now you're in quote recovering. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that means. Me personally, I don't think you're fucking hurt. You're just playing the game because at the end of the day, you're making 30 plus million dollars. You know what I'm saying? You're not trying to fuck up your money. But anyway, you a bitch ass nigga because for a motherfucker to not step not one second on that floor, floor with your new team after the way you left your current excuse me your old team is some hoe ass shit you get what i'm saying that made me lose all respect i don't understand how you have the audacity to shit on your former team 
where you didn't even give not one bit of strength or confidence nor trust to your new fucking members and if i was a member of the fucking nets i would feel damn near more offended than the niggas from philly because at least on the philly side you're not with the squad no more so i'm laughing at you if you if i'm in philly but if i'm if i'm in brooklyn i'm looking at ben like yo you a real bitch ass nigga son <laughs> like real talk you know what i'm saying because if you was to walk in this locker room i would damn near try to snuff you because you on some whole ass shit right now you get what i'm saying but and you know again for my sports people i know there's people out there that want to bring up the Kyrie situation as far as his vaccination status and his stance how he remains unvaccinated and how that impacted the team as far as his playing time because that made him part-time until eventually later in the season like late in the season he became full-time and they allowed him to play at the Barkley home game and shit I can that did play a part to the team's chemistry but that's different as far as a motherfucker standing 10 toes on his choice as far as what he wants in his health or his body compared to a motherfucker literally not willing to face the court for self-proclaimed you know mental issues and i'm not saying that to say like you don't have any but at the same time you definitely weaponize that because for the people who don't know when you mention a mental health cause for the nba they have to honor that and they can't really evaluate anything with that compared to like if it's an injury then they can go and evaluate like the Kawhi Leonard situation you know what I'm saying but you a whole ass nigga Ben Simmons I lost all respect for you son I don't even give a fuck at this point if you ball the fuck out next season because you just a bitch ass nigga bro unless you do that then it's like fuck it but like at this point i don't even care what you do dog like and it's at the point where brooklyn looking at trading your ass and i don't even see a team that probably wants your ass bro because it's like you really a selfish motherfucker you know what i mean and i don't like saying that to a lot of motherfucking people especially people that's going through mental health but when you weaponizing it then i have to look at you with a side eye you know what i'm saying but I say that to say for all the people that for the love, you know what I'm saying? Again, we about positivity, you know what I'm saying? We about roses, you know, flowers and every sorts of whatever that means. And of course, agua, you know what I'm saying? And being that this is Mental Health Awareness Month, you know what I'm saying? I always support my mental healthness, you know what I'm saying? And I all and I tell people to stay calm and stay blessed. You know what I'm saying? But now we're going to get into these sleepers, a.k.a. 757 Sounds. You know what I'm talking about? You already know we bring that local heat, Virginia heat. And what we got this episode, this episode, what we going to do? You know what? You know what? We got, we, we, we going to do, we going to do this. We got the good brother, my good brother. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yay. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to them up boys out there, man. Representing Norfolk, Virginia, Park Place, Alejandro, Ashland Drive to be exact. But with the record, you know what I'm saying? It's off his latest project and it's called 3924. And the record is called You Remind Me. Let's get it for the love. Everything 
You remind me of my joy, you remind me of my pain, shit be everything Sweet tea was in my cup, ain't it? He ain't never jaded Everything I cherish break my heart, but I never traded Eyes dilated, only time a nigga cries when I get to drinking Then I get to thinking, the only time I get to feel is off the vodka still Sometimes a nigga wish my pops could be like Uncle Phil Sometimes I wish I had it easy cause this shit is hard I swear to God, living right to drive you insane Cause when you change for the best and you want your shit Them niggas change on your ass, ain't that about a bitch And niggas grow and mature, go their separate ways You reminiscing shit be different if they didn't quit And egos didn't collide for supremacy These only portions of my life, this shit is usually A couple portions of my life think they was using me A nigga try to play his role but they excluding me But when it's time to get it poppin', they including me All right, so that was You Remind Me by the good brother Oye, you know what I'm saying? Again, that was from his latest project called 3924, and that's on all DSPs, you get what I'm saying? Shout out to the up boys out there, shout out to my guy, keep doing y'all shit and listen to the good brothers, and also listen to the previous 757 Sounds on the previous episodes of For the Love too, so you can hear all the greatness, you know what I'm saying, that's in the tile water area you feel what i'm saying aka 757 motherfucking sounds you get what i'm saying but at this point of course we at the conclusion this is episode 29 and i'm just going to keep it short because like i said i've been recovering from a fever you know the big homie didn't give me covid so i'm thankful for that but of course drink your waters you know what i'm saying as i was recovering you know we had a couple shots of apple cider vinegar you know what i'm saying throw the apps and salt on the bathtub and shit like that soak the skin up there and just relax because sometimes you need that so i say all of that to say i'm back and y'all stay healthy you know what i'm saying keep doing what y'all doing keep your head up and stop giving a fuck a lot about what other niggas gotta say because they don't give a fuck at all so you know what i'm saying so keep that on note and again episode 29 29 god bless